How many of you, when you're going on a long trip, um, you prefer to drive? Show of hands. Okay, all right, a few. More than I expected. Uh, I assume the rest of you like to fly. Show of hands, you prefer to fly, long trip fly. Yeah, so um, pro tip, future parents. Um, when, you, when you don't have kids, the thought is, oh my God, I can't wait to have kids. We're going to go on great vacations. And um, yes, and the idea is, is that uh, when you have kids, it's no longer a vacation, it's a trip. It's a trip. You're just taking the dysfunction, and now you're stuck in, in the car with them, and now you've transferred it to another city, and it's a trip. It's a, it's a trip. Um, a vacation is when it's just you, and, and if, you know, if you have one of your significant other, that's a vacation. So in our home, it's a trip when we're going with the kids. It's a vacation when it's just uh, me and my spouse. And um, so the baby, we have a 13-year-old and a 7-year-old. 13-year-old really doesn't care. The seven-year-old, he always wants to drive. And no matter how far away it is, like, let's drive, let's get in the car, let's drive. And it's like, yeah, easy for you because you're not the one doing the driving. Like, you're, you're, you have your blanket, you have your pillow, you got your Nintendo, you're just chilling. And he always wants to leave early in the morning. And so, y'all remember the road trips. You leave it early. I mean, it's the best. I get it. It's, it's the best, right? It's awesome. But... I'm not a kid anymore. I'm, I'm the one that now carries the weight of doing all the work. And so anything over three hours, <laughs> we're flying. <laughs> it's like, Dad, but it's a 40-minute flight. Yeah, we're, we're flying. I'm not in a car with you more than three hours. And so um, it's, it's just been, that's kind of been our journey. Uh, therapy is good. Um, and then these airlines are getting into the business of, these connecting flights. It's like, I'm just trying to fly to Norfolk, Virginia. Why do I have to go to New Mexico? I might consider driving. No, that kind of, it's over three hours. So I'd rather do New Mexico. <laughs> but why do we have to go? You know, I'm trying to get to North Carolina. Why do we got to go to Utah? Detroit, Cincinnati, to get down to, it, it just, and so I don't like connecting flights because you got to wait and it make you spend more money and all this stuff. Um, I don't like connecting flights, but I do love connecting blessings. I, I, I love connecting like, um, man, that was a big breakthrough, like, or um, this is a, an amazing relationship. This person is pretty awesome, and I think this friendship is going to work out for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love to, to connect that blessing to the root. Like, but how did it all, how did that come to be? Well, it, if I connected it, it was, you know, it was probably rooted from knowing this person, right? right, right. right? And I got to know that person or, man, that door opened for me, right? But how do I, well, oh, that door opened because I met this person, right? I, I love connecting like, Blessings, and, and I was able to take some inventory as I was studying for the series, and I was looking at every major blessing in my life. I, I don't know about y'all, but I rate blessings. Like, you give me five dollars, great, but you know, you know, you give me more, even better. <laughs> you know, what I mean? so anyway, 
Um, you get $5 your wife, $5 your wife. And some of y'all don't, don't get into that with me. You might get in trouble, but you, hopefully you choose your wife. You know what I mean? But $5 your wife. And so I, I, I rate my blessings. And, and I was thinking how, like, when I, um, when I chose pre-medicine as a major, um, it was a result of being planted in a healthy local church. Um, the idea was not to uh, make money as a physician, but it was to learn medicine, right. learn the scripture, right. share Jesus, and I wanted to be a medical missionary. Um, I remember when I met my wife, um, I was in my books, I was rooted in a healthy local church, right. I had my job, and I was always at Barnes and Nobles studying. So there were these constants in my life. And the job changed, uh, the study hours changed, but what did not change was the fact that I was rooted and planted in a healthy local church. Right, right, my, right. My, uh, my, I, I met her while I was rooted in a church, and so I became simultaneously a father because Jay was two, and I had my first kid. We were rooted in the local church. Um, the first time I ever stood on a stage was in a local church. Right. The first time I ever prayed for someone or encouraged someone or really impacted someone's life, it was through an opportunity that the local church provided. And so, um, every, simply put, every major blessing in my life has been the result of being planted or rooted in a healthy local, in a healthy local church. And so many people wonder right now, given Ukraine and Russia and God the past two years, Lord Jesus Many of us have asked, where in the world is God? Like, what is God doing? What's going on? Why won't God stop this war? What is God doing? And so in the Gospels, you have a story where Jesus is, um, he's doing his thing, and he pulls his disciples to the side. Right. And, and, and they've been doing a lot of great things. A lot of lives are being changed. His ministry is moving forward. And he stops them, and he says, um, he says um, what's the news on the block right now? Like, um, who do who do people say that I am? Like, and it wasn't from a place of insecurity. He just really he wanted to know what were people saying about him. And so his disciples were like, "Well, some are saying that you're John the Baptist, your cousin. Some are saying that you're Elijah. Some are saying that you're one of the prophets of old." Right, right. And then Peter spoke up, and Peter said, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus said, "You've identified it." And he said, that was not given to you by human wisdom, but my father in heaven revealed it to you. And he says, since now you know who I am, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be doing. Like, I'm going to let you know what I'm going to be doing in the world until I return. And so whenever you ask, where is God or what is God doing, never, 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 never go to mom or dad, or, or, or even myself, or Pastor Kyra, any leader you know, before you go to this. But I'm going to help you to understand and know what he's doing based upon how he's revealed it in the word of God. And so he goes on to say this in Matthew 16, verse 18. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter. Y'all remember last week, which means rock. Y'all remember that? So Simon, pebble, Peter, rock, right? And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. 
all the powers of hell will not conquer. So a lot of people thought that Christ is saying that he's going to build his church on Peter. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. Now, Peter, and we're going to talk here in a moment where Peter preached uh, the first sermon ever, the first message about Christ ever, uh, when the Holy Spirit came from heaven and filled the church. Peter preached, and 3,000 people came to Christ through Peter. But Peter is not the rock that Jesus is building the church on. Um, the rock here that he's referring to is a geographical um, connotation or reference. The rock here is the earth. Someone say earth. earth. Where are we currently at right now now. in our existence? We're in the earth. We're in the earth. So simply put, he's saying, and upon this earth and in this world, I will. Now, he was saying this 1,990 years ago. So in the time that was the present, but we are now in the future, which is now our present. So I will, which means that he's still building his church in the earth. So what is God doing? Yeah, he's in the hospitals. Yes. He's in government buildings. He's in schools. He's, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at one time. I'm trying to explain this to my seven-year-old right now, and I can't because he's always like, how is that even possible? <laughs> he's God. That's all I got. He's God. He's God. Yes, okay. yes, yes. But what he's doing... Is building his church. He's doing that on Monday. He's doing it on Tuesday. He's doing it on Wednesday. He's doing it on Thursday. He's doing it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's building his church. Go ahead and pop that up and write that down. God is building his church. That's what God is doing. Why won't he just stop the war? Because it's not his number one concern. It's not. What did Jesus just say? I will build my church. Not I will stop wars. As a matter of fact, he said there will be wars. (laughs) That's that's what he said. There will be rumors of wars. There are going to be tornadoes and earthquakes. And there's going to be despair. And there's going to be pain. He said all these things. And because he cannot lie, as soon as it leaves his mouth, It's just the reality of a broken world. He keeps everything in a healthy view. He understands that this world is broken. There's darkness. There's sin. And this is just going to happen. But while the devil's doing his work, I'm going to be doing the work of building, building, building. That's why I don't understand why Christians get confused about their purpose. It's not your career. Jesus. I'll make it real plain. Jesus. It ain't your career. Come on. I just want to know what my calling is. Wow. Come on. <laughs> if I could stand here 10 more minutes just to prove a point. Like, Pastor, what is my calling? <laughs> Build a church. Let's define it. Let's give you some terms because you think church is just somewhere you go on a Sunday. Here it is. Church, ecclesia is the Greek word. And it means the church defined. Now, this was a term that Christ created. This term had never been used before in the world. 
And it means this, called out ones who gather, this is important, who gather in the name of Jesus. And I know the church was praying these past two years. Because we're coming back together. Because the fabric of who we are as believers, we're designed as Christians. It's a part of our function. It's to gather. If we don't gather, watch this, we are not the church. So the church is composed of people. Someone say people. People. Not a building. God's not, Jesus is not building Granary Row. Come on now. Come on he, he's, now. he's not building this building. But while we're here, let's clean it up. That's let's right. paint it. Right. Let's be excellent. Because we want people to experience the presence of Jesus. Right? Now, he's going to build. Now, in the Greek, the word build means to, to cause to stand, grow, or prosper. So I'm building people. I'm, I'm, I'm causing them as they gather. I'm causing them to stand, to grow, and to prosper. Right. So what is God doing right now? You want to know? Here it is. God is building the lives of believers who are connected. That's right. That's what he's doing. He's building the lives of believers who are, I would say, if I had room, consistently connecting. Yeah. Consistently connecting. They've made, it, they've made it a habit. They've made it a priority. Right, right. Those who gather in the name of, of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's building. And, and I'm telling you, um, I, I didn't know what fatherhood was. Until I connected with men who were healthy fathers, who, who loved Jesus, yes. who was doing their best in their home, and who was present with their children. I didn't know that. I love my dad. Great dad. Wouldn't trade him for nothing in the world, but didn't have the healthiest model of fatherhood. Didn't know wasn't growing in my wisdom in that area until I connected myself to a healthy church. I didn't know what healthy finances were. Bad spending habits. Debt, credit card debt, spending more than what I brought in, always on edge, always stressed out, always worried. I didn't know what building a healthy financial life looked like until I got into a healthy church where the principles of Christ were taught, mm-hmm. so good. the principles of the kingdom of God were taught on how I should manage and steward my money, mm-hmm. right? Didn't know it. But when we want to know what is Jesus doing with his hands right now, as a matter of fact, uh, scripture teaches us that Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah. And now he even said, wait, I'm going to come and get you because I go to prepare a place for you. In heaven. So like he's, dang, he's doing a lot right now. So he's building our lives here in the world. And he's also in heaven with his two belt on, building us a home and a dwelling place. He's always building. He's building the lives of believers who are connected. That's what, that's what he's doing. But part of the issue that we deal with right now is um, and Paul, 
Paul calls it doctrines of demons. Um, and, I have, and I was talking to my, my son about money and um, social media. And I was telling him how all these things are immoral, meaning that they're neither good nor bad. It's just um, uh, their operation is determined by who holds or who uses it. Right. So social media can be a great tool for good, but it can be a great tool for for evil. And I, if I had to assess it by the spirit of God, I think the enemy is winning a little bit. I think he has the upper edge with social media. And I think he has the upper edge with news. I think he's there. And um, the Bible also calls Satan, and I can't wait to do the series Realm in October. It calls him uh, 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 the prince of the power of the air. Airwaves. And, and so Satan doesn't have authority in the world, but he does have power. And his power operates through suggestion and through words and through opinions and through different philosophies that don't found themselves in truth. And so in our culture, part of what he's promoting right now is if you're not satisfied with something, leave. If you're not happy... Disconnect. If you like it 70% of the time, but there's about 30% of it you don't like, just go once every other month. That way you don't have to deal with it because you don't like it, but you like it. I'm sure Peter didn't like being called Satan. Y'all ain't... Y'all are not here. He didn't like being called Satan, but he was tied to his hip. But we get on these things and say, find your dream job and find your dream partner and, and, and do this and, and do that. And what we've done is we've created, go ahead and write this down. We've created the bad habit of connecting and quickly disconnecting. Lord, give me that job. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I got the interview. Thank you, Lord. I got the job. Hey, yeah, girl. Hey, man, I got the job. Woo, 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 woo. Woo, that's January. Yep. All right. All right. March 7th. Come on now. Tomorrow. <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> because if we don't like it a little bit, we've learned to connect and quickly disconnect. Connect and quickly disconnect. Opportunity. We, 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 or I'll put it this way. We've learned to be planted and quickly uproot. We plant and we uproot. So I'm going to deal with this a little bit next week about how if there's no root, there's no fruit. Right? And I don't, I don't want to dive too much into it, but if there's no root, there's no fruit. And, and being rooted hurts. That shell has to break. You actually got to go deeper in the dirt and in the dark to be rooted. But before, come on now, before you start to see any fruit. 
But the issue is we've developed a habit and it's being driven through suggestion. Doctrines of demons, philosophies of the dark side that says, if you don't like it, dislodge. If they offended you, even though you know they love you, get away from them. Even though you know they've been sent into your life, create distance. That's not God. And it's a problem. And, and as a result, it's crept into Jesus's mode of operation, which is the kingdom. So we've developed this value through a fallen system. We come into the church and then we bring that habit into the church as well. And we've learned to connect yet quickly disconnect. And this is the simple truth is that the enemy of your soul wants you to be disconnected. He wants you to play church. He's fine with this. Sundays. Cool. Come on Sunday. That's good. You was invited. You ain't been to church in three years. You've never been to church. You'll try it out because you felt forced to come. Someone promised you some lunch. He, the, the, <laughs> devil, the devil is fine with that. It, he's, he's fine with you saying, I'll come, but I'm not going to connect. I'm not going to connect. And I'll tell you why. Jesus says this. Jesus says that in the powers, verse Matthew 16, pull that up for me. In the powers. Y'all okay? All right. Jesus said this. And the powers of hell will not conquer it. Okay. Now, let, let me help us out here. The word powers in the Greek that, that Jesus used is not force. Like the forces of hell will not conquer it. The word he uses here is works. The works of hell will not conquer it. Now, 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 the Bible teaches us that the power of Satan, you do have an enemy of your soul. He already has a judgment. He's going to the lake of fire and brimstone. He, he's already judged, but he doesn't want to go alone. So he's an enemy. So anyone and anything that God loves, I'm going to try to gather as many you know, people as possible. God loves everyone. He, he doesn't want to go alone to hell. And so I heard a pastor once say that if Satan can't keep you from Jesus, his next option is to make you a miserable Christian. And I'm going to show you how he deals in misery. I'm going to show you why so many Christians live in, in, in consistent defeat and bitterness instead of in the power that you have in Christ. Now, I'm going to get there. Now, 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 he says the powers of hell. Now, the Bible teaches that Satan has the power, the works of sin and death. The word sin in the Greek means to miss the mark. Right? That means to literally miss the word of God. Like his, his is to suggest that you will disobey God, miss the law, miss the instruction. What did he do with Adam and Eve? He said, you won't surely die. God said, don't do it because in the day that you do it, you will die. Right. And he said, you won't surely die. So he made a suggestion. They missed the mark and then death kicked in. Now, this word hell here that Jesus has used is the word death, which is also means separation. It means separation. So there are a few forms of separation. Number one, there is um, there's uh, there's physical death. That's when the, if you're taking notes, that's when the soul, when you die, is separated from the body. So the body falls. It no longer has a life source. And then there's spiritual death. That's when your soul is separated from the presence of God. 
That is what you call hell. That's that's right. All right. And, and so Jesus is saying here in all the works of separation will not conquer it. I will build my church and all the works of separation will not conquer it. So, so what do we say God is doing? God is building the lives of those who are consistently connected. And all the works of separation will not conquer it. And so if you want to know what the enemy is doing right now, he's trying to consistently disconnect you. Y'all ain't here. I'm talking too much. That's part of the problem. I'm Jesus. This is us. This is what God is doing. What is Jesus doing in the world right now? This is the church. He's building. He's building his church. This is what the enemy is doing. This is a lot more cooler than these individual parts. But this is the work of the enemy. Just like that. That's what he wants to do. He's keeping you away. And then you come back to church and Jesus is like, yeah, they're here again. Now we can start growing them and prospering them. He wants you to be disconnected. Studies show that when you're alone, depression sets in. Poor sleep. I got a list right here. Heart disease. Substance abuse. And the great part about God is that God has designed, go ahead and write this down, the local church for you to thrive. For you to grow and to prosper and to thrive. I I promise you this. The local church is the safest place for you to plant your life. And there's, there's so much noise out right now about Christianity and the church this. Stop. Show me numbers. Show me data. I, I, I can go down the data. Sexual satisfaction in marriage, the local church. Correct. I'll show you the data 2020 and 2021. Those who were uh, had the greatest mental health, Correct. the highest quality of mental health Correct. through the past two years. Yes, yes. People who are devoted to church. That's, true. that's, that's stats. Yes, it is. Oh, oh, they only care about birth, but they don't. They're pro-birth, not pro-life. No, 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 no. Christians are twice as likely than any other demographic in the world to adopt kids who don't have parents. Let's get this thing right. Don't come at the church. Don't come at the church. It's the greatest entity in the world still. And, and so, so when, oh my God, man, I got more stats for y'all. Oh, my God. What else? Sexual satisfaction, married women, adoption. Because the devil will lie and tell you, jump around. Let me stick right here for a second. Devil will tell you, jump around. Partner to partner to partner. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, that's the lowest demographic of sexual satisfaction. 
those who jump around. You know why? Because Jesus designed sex. And he only designed it to thrive in the context of marriage. Heterosexual marriage. Oh, it's quiet. But that's the word of God. The best place for you to be is in a local church. That's where you thrive. And so as a shepherd, as a pastor, my heart fears. I get very scared because I know I got you for 30 minutes, an hour, 10 minutes, whatever. But you leave. And I know the enemy doesn't like this word. He doesn't like what the Lord is building. And he's going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at your mind. And you know, why am I not thriving? Why, am I, why don't I have peace or joy or strength? Because you're not connected where God has designed for you to thrive. You, you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to work so hard. You can come broken. You can come undone. You can come dirty and just come to the house of God and get everything you need. And, and we're going to work with you. We're going to walk with you. God is going to walk with you. But you got to stop going at it alone. That's the ploy of the enemy. And so when Christ um, went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. This was almost 2,000 years ago. And the church was born. And let's see what the church did. Acts chapter 2. Let's do it here. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles. Someone say devoted. Devoted. This is important. To the apostles teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals and to prayer. Verse 43 says this. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44 says this. It says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. I love it. Verse 45 says this. And they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. 46. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. 47. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first century church. Someone say healthy church. Healthy church. Healthy church. God's moving. Right. Miracle signs. Wonders. Lives are being changed. Needs are being met. It's, it's an amazing thing. But this is the key. They were here. It is devoted. While our culture has encouraged us to connect and quickly disconnect, yeah. you always find the heart of God at the beginning of a thing. Right. You read Genesis, you see the heart of God for man. On, so Not good. through all the mess that we've had to go through in human history, but you see the heart of God for man in the beginning. You see the heart of Jesus and the Holy Spirit for the church in the beginning, it's thriving, it's growing, there are miracles, everyone's needs are met. Some people, their, their cups are overflowing, they just bathing in money. You know what I mean? It's all good all the time. And I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is, is this, they're devoted. To attend constantly and to be planted. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that they didn't, they didn't move church stuff around. To convenience themselves, but they moved other things around 
in order to become a part of what Jesus was doing in the world. That's what they were doing. They were devoted. They met every day at the temple. And we're like, I might go to light group. I might do the mentorship. I might do highlight leadership. I ask y'all for seven weeks and y'all missing two weeks. I might. They're devoted. And I'm telling you, the, the, the blessings didn't start to roll in. This was before. This was before I said yes to becoming a pastor. The power of God didn't start to really hit my life until I started to say Sports or serving? Mm-hmm. Come on now. I can do both, but one has a cutoff point. Yes. Because one is going to burn one day. Yes, yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all don't want me to talk like this. <laughs> but one is going to live forever. So this has to move over, and this has to become the priority. What, what, baby? You got to practice? Okay. Uh, all right, I'll get Jay there. You ride out to Claremont. You practice. Oh, oh, Sunday after church, they got some. Oh, okay. You, you, you. And so a lot of y'all, this won't register well because of church hurt and burnout. But can we go back to the verse, Acts? They, they met in the temple each day. Jason, come close me out. They met in the temple. Go ahead, verse 43. Go ahead, verse 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Verse 45. Show the verse 46. says this here. They worshiped together at the temple each day. And then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. What I see here is priority. What I see here is God is first. What God is building is first. The average Christian in America attends church once every eight weeks. How is the world supposed to find Jesus when the people who should be here every day are only coming once every other month? So I want to I celebrate you. You're, you're breaking the norm. I, I know this for a fact that 90% of you have never been this committed to anything in your life. Can we celebrate that? Y'all are killing it. Y'all are, y'all are here. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. And as a result, you, you, you're getting strength and you're moving forward. And you're, you're th- we know it's not all perfect. You're not looking at a perfect man. I just had a great, I'll call it an encouraging discussion with some great superheroes here, their parents. I just simply told them, we're walking through the same thing, but we're in the church. Let me try to make this as quick as possible because I got to get you home. Uh, A few things that a healthy church is built on. All right, number one, going to write this down, biblical and relevant teaching. It said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So the disciples, students, became apostles, sent ones. That's what apostle means. It's the index finger in the fivefold ministry. I'll be teaching this during anointed. 
It means sent one, right? And so they would teach about Christ. They would teach about the life of Christ. They would teach that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But their teaching was also clear and relevant and applicable to life. Jesus actually said these words in the message. He said this here. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. It's the words of Christ. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. (laughs) I love Jesus. (laughs) They are foundational words. Words to build. Someone say build. Your life on. Next verse says this here. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Come on, we celebrate that. So they were devoted to biblical and relevant teaching, meaning they would get the word from their spiritual leaders, go home and break it down. They'll say, well, pastor said, I need to pray, name the person, name the offense. They would go home that night and start the process of forgiving. Right, right. Pastor said, I have leadership potential. God wants me to develop and to lead. I need to enter that process of developing because I've been called to lead. They would, they would apply it immediately. That's why God was, they wouldn't just sit there and say, I don't know if I agree with that. Number two, strong support. Strong support, Hebrews 13, 16. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Strong support. You need some support. Next one, I want to get this one. Food and fun. Food and fun. Jesus loved to eat. The disciples loved to eat. Food and fun. They would gather and they would pray. And they would would understand that the reason we're having this meal together is because of what Jesus has done for us. We wouldn't even know each other if it wasn't for Christ. So they would stop in every meal and they would pray and thank the Lord for his sacrifice in the community that was being built and it, it's been so life giving to see you all you're out you're eating you're, you're taking trips you're doing life together you're building lifelong relationships food and fun and then powerful prayer healthy church powerful prayer it says this skip all the way down to verse 18 if we can in the message go ahead and get that for me Uh, In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. They would pray and miracles would happen. A few things about prayer, okay? Prayer, here it is. Number one, prayer encourages the listener. I pray that a spirit of prayer will rise up in our light groups. Pray. Number two, prayer invites God's power. It invites the power of God. Stop trying to figure it out. I'll just tell you, the more along I get in Christ, the less I try to figure it out. 
Just pray. Is she ever going to return to my life? She probably won't. They come to my office a lot. They, they send an email about this. Pray. Who cares? Pray. 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 Did they pray before they sent the email? Come on now. They probably didn't, Pastor. <laughs> they should have. Yes. Invite God's power. And prayer strengthens relationships. I just want to encourage you that the best practical decision, I'm going to shoot straight because we got to go, that you can make in this life is to be planted in a healthy local church. That's where it's at. Young men, the best practical decision you can make is not your major. It's not who your barber is. It's not your career. It's to be planted and a healthy local church. Young single ladies who so, ladies period, who so desperately desire a man be found. Wait on the Lord. Jesus is building him. Don't interrupt that process. You don't want him if he's not built. Same thing with my guys. You don't want her. I'm telling you, because you're going to have to do the heavy lifting when he's trying to do it. I love you. I just want to spend some extra time. Can we put our hands together in the word of God?